3: Hey, White Sox fans, can you believe it? Want to know when's the last time the White Sox were undefeated or I don't know, a game over 500 or whatever it is. Listen, they won three to two come from behind fashion exactly the way you'd want to win to be, except for a lot of ways you didn't want to win to be, but we'll talk about those. Let's start about the positive with the positive stuff first. It is. Well, and listen, obviously I've, I, I'm, I'm flabbergasted and, uh, we're, so we're just going to run around and talk about. What was exciting about this one? Obviously, Dylan, Dylan Cease just cranked things out. Uh, an unbelievable form, especially given what we saw in spring training, which he was warming up, but I, I don't think any of us expected this. Inefficient offense, but efficient enough. Really stifling the the world champions. I guess th- I can't quote market because they are still the world champions. Oh, God. <laughs> all year, they'll be the world champions. Uh, but let's – I guess let's go around. Talk about maybe the thing that jumped out at you that was most interesting – Good, bad, otherwise, about this game, as it is the postgame, and we are one know in first place in the AL Central. Brian O'Neill, tell me something that really got you excited about this game. I, I am
4: going to preempt the negative Nellies here, who are going to complain about people being left on base, and say, we got a lot of people on base against the ace of the defending World Series champions. The Astros are predicted to be one of the best teams in baseball, and yeah, it would have been nice to see them all come around, but they got on base. People are hitting, the approach is good. Uh, yeah, we would have liked to see them score, but that'll happen. I enjoyed it. Enjoyed every second of it.
3: Copy editing the podcast, copy editing the baseball game. It is Brian O'Neill getting out ahead of the negativity. (laughs) Oh, good luck with that one, Brian. Okay, Crystal, what you got? You wanna go negative? I don't know what you got. No,
5: um, healthy Yasmani hitting bombs. That (laughs) that's my guy. So healthy Yasmani doing what he does best and getting on all of the bases.
3: Uh
6: Ali welcome that was got excited. Shot. Dylan cease ten strikeouts, no walks, yes. one hit batsman, but no walks for a guy that led the league last year in walks that is incredible
3: painting, painting every pitch he threw was hit in the frame uh you know I mean again, however truly accurate that is, uh that's <laughs> not necessarily framing or whatever he's just he was painting and painting at high velocity. Oh, that's pretty sweet. That's going to get anybody excited about the White Sox. Jackie, good vibes. Give me some good vibes, Jackie. Well, Raylo
7: coming out to close the game at a 100 miles an hour. Yeah. I mean, okay, the home run. Sorry about that. But closing out the champs, man. Raylo, that's my guy. First yeah. career save. There's a lot of firsts in this game. Um but I'll I'll hold back
3: so that other people can talk about him. Fair enough. Yeah. Also, first time Yasmani had to come out and say, "Okay, with the slider when you're throwing a hundred, maybe we don't use that." But okay, you know, again, first um, Dante, what's happened? <laughs> you've had a long day, Dante. Real long day, but um, good. And shout out some to Tim bad.
2: Anderson. <laughs> shout out to Tim Anderson. Just getting on base. Just every few every at bat, it felt like he was just doing something good. Whether he's working account, walking. Like, great job, Tim.
3: Uh, Melissa, I think I know your answer, but I won't spoil it. Tell me what got you most excited about this win.
1: Actually, it's Andrew Vaughn. Oh, all right. I mean, he, me. pressure, major pressure Please. situation. Boom, AV does mm-hmm. it. I was pretty excited, and I was wow. really happy for him to see that, especially in front of Jose Abreu.
3: Yeah, and back-to-back with uh, Eloy who did not have the same success, you know, a guy who's a little bit newer to the game, and he did come
8: through. Uh, Ryan, give it to me. Uh, I think Dylan Cease retired 18 straight Astros at one point. Like, the man was on fire. I said, what, yesterday that I was worried about the staff. If this is the Dylan Cease we're getting, like, game one opening day, if this is the Dylan Cease we're getting, okay, I'm I'm – I'm a bit more of a believer in the staff end. Yeah, like 18 yeah. straight cutting them down, filthy stuff.
3: Yeah, and 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 to to note what Brian said. Listen, this isn't this wasn't the Royals.
8: This was the Astros. No. Noted, no, you know for sure. Astros. Noted. Like these are the these are the legit World champs this time. Like <laughs> they won. They they won. We got to give them that due. I hate them. They're gross. They're cheaters. But. 18 straight Astros at like on their home turf opening day. That's big.
3: Listen, Ryan, they, 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 they signed up with us at the, at the right time. I'm going to say so far, good luck charm. It's you until it's not it's you. So thank you for (laughs) being here. Uh, Maliki, uh, what you got?
8: I almost ruined it. I almost ruined it in the night. I almost ruined it, but you know, (laughs) duck and cover. Thank you, Raylo, for saving my ass.
3: Yeah, all right, all right, yeah. Uh Uh-oh, so it's you who called the slider. All right, Maliki, what you got?
9: There were a few separate times late in this game where it looked like things were going to unravel where <laughs> at various points over the last couple of years, things really would have snowballed, whether it's, um, after the initial run scores on the wild pitch or, uh, you know, after Grayman gives up the lead off double that comes, comes about five feet away from, from untying the game. The eighth inning, he gets the ground ball, double play pitches around it, whether it's Raylo getting shaken up by the home run early and then, you know, putting the tying run on base, um, Those are all points where it feels like in the recent past, they would have found ways to give away the game. And they didn't, you know, they stepped up and locked it down. So hard to, hard to not feel good about that.
3: Uh, Like a great podcast host, I'll bury the lead. We'll get to Dylan because I'm we going to say, we're just going to just gush about him and start to weep. And we're suddenly going to find ourselves not be able to find the English to describe him. So let's talk about other things. Let's, let's tip off where Brian was at. Let's talk about this offense because yes, of course, Excellent point by Brian. But, of course, we also don't want to see this type of efficiency. Right. There were some bad performances. I don't care who was pitching. You, you got bases the sacks packed. You got to convert something. Aloy's got to be able to drive the ball. I mean, okay, we're nitpicking they won. So, you know, again, relatively speaking, let's hammer into this offense. Uh, Are there concerns uh any of you are seeing? Is this a first game like jitters? They had to watch the goofy ring ceremony and see them with their uh insipid golden lettering on their uniform uh you know i had to sit through all of that and yet um took a little while to get going but when it counted andrew vaughn shout out for sure uh they converted uh first first opening night offensive performance what are we feeling
6: my only Um, thing is mancada trying to stretch that double to a triple like you're down by a run it's opening day. Like that's not the theatrics I need. He, I don't know. I know the challenge stood. He kind of looked like he might've been safe when I, when like I was looking at it on the TV, New York didn't think so, but I just think like, it's so early. Like we don't need to be doing that. But then again, like when were we doing that last season? Like that's <laughs> the kind of stuff that maybe we needed to be, you know what I mean? So yeah. I don't know. That was like my one nitpicky thing of like, why?
3: Yeah, it's I fair. Yoan did not have, have the best game. Uh, but, and the, and I think the troubling thing to me, Ali, is that, again, I haven't seen all the angles. You know, I'm trying to write and watch and, um, steal a feed. Thanks, uh, Adrian. Um, but, uh, I don't think he looked up. You gotta look up when you're making the turn. I mean, if you want to blow, even if you blow through it, but you at least looked up and then you said, Hey, listen, it's on me. I made this decision. But when you're not even looking up at your coach, Mm, that, that could be a problem. He's not, he's not ascendant superstar status, just be able to make those decisions and not have to answer for them. But anyhow, Oh wait, we'll stop picking on you on. Okay. Other offensive thoughts, good, bad, otherwise.
2: Um, I have some thoughts. Oh, go ahead. Right, I guess I'll go. All right. So my thoughts were basically, is it really nitpicking when they had the bases loaded twice and got nothing <laughs> out of it? Like, I don't think that's nitpicking as oh. much as it's still an issue. Like, Yes, game one, we won, great. But the point of the season being 162 games is that you have 162 games to work through this stuff. So good start, but it could have been much better. Like this game, between that and the Yoan base running mistake, between those two things, this could have been a blowout instead of a one-run game. So just something to think about.
3: I got to say, Dante, he sees a Cubs shutout on opening day. He gets a little chippy. But all right, Jackie, I think uh, you need to jump in here.
7: I do. Y'all, listen. We are Chicago White Sox fans, right? And good times do not come often. And I am not ready to be critical yet. Good vibes! I'm not ready. So let's talk about Oscar Colas and his first career hit. Oh. Let's talk about him starting rallies. I'm not ready for that yet. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. I,
8: okay. I will say I had I had the ESPN I had the radio feed on with the TV because I just can't stand ESPN. The radio call of his of his first hit was nice. I don't I'm not a am not a Len Casper fan, but he captured the moment really nicely. Whereas apparently the ESPN feed was doing some cab, Pedro Gafal in the back of a car. Like I saw it on my screen, but I didn't have that audio, so I didn't know what the hell that was. That was managers and uh, but- cars getting coffee. <laughs> what the- is that what that was? I was,
6: it was I whoever was with the, whoever was with Pedro in the car. I don't remember his name, so I apologize. But they were college roommates, so they were like in oh, the car, okay. like chatting, and like Pedro okay, was managing, and he was
8: moment. he
6: was calling, but not the time,
8: but and, not and, the time.
6: And, Ryan, don't try to bring this down. Oscar
8: Colas' first clear hit. I'm saying, I'm saying that Len captured the moment really great on the radio because it, it, it seemed like I was one of the few people who actually had the radio feed on. Mm -hmm. So I want to give a shout out to Len, who I'm not the biggest fan of, but he still, he, the radio call was nice and they gave him his proper due. And that, like, that hit me. It was, it was a good moment. If, if you can find that audio, it was, it was a nice moment. I personally wanted to know more
3: about the class that Eduardo Perez and Pedro Grafal were in together where they first met and became longtime friends. I was fascinated by that and I could not get enough about it. I was like, they, how long are they going to stick with this? That was a pretty nutty moment, but you know, SPN got to be SPN. You know, they spent the money to put the camera in the limo. So they're going to use the footage <laughs> right between his legs. That's a pretty good major league first hit. <laughs> you can't place that any better. <laughs> Uh, offensive? Are are we are
8: we petered out on the offense? No, I I I was given my positive I'm trying to stay positive. I gave my moment. Anybody, anybody, give me something positive.
2: Yeah. Um I mean if we want to go on picture, I can give you something positive because although I didn't love what Aaron Bummer did, he still stuck it through. He made it through the inning. Good job on that. I like I said I didn't love it. Kendall Graveman, like someone said earlier, Great job working out of that. And then Ray great job. But as we all know, 10 strikeouts gets you the badge of honor today, probably.
4: I don't know. He was on pace for 27 and he blew it. Yeah. I'm kind of
3: disappointed. Like,
2: I just. Did. He was letting
3: guys even foul ball, foul balls off. Yeah, can you believe it? Right. Yeah. I mean, one the... It's a good yeah, start. Guys. Yeah.
7: Men will literally go on a podcast, you know?
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, and you know Aaron Bummer, I don't know what follows him around. He really, I mean, you know, he gets hurt a little bit. He really seems to be like the sad sack reliever of this staff over the years. It just seems like whatever's going to happen sort of happens to him. I actually sort of feel a little bad for him. He got squeezed on that 3-2 pitch. Uh, you know, he got out of it, uh, you know, wild pitch, weird ricochet. It just was sort of like bad luck. I I really felt I don't know if every outing of his I feel for him, but I sort of felt for him here. He sort of got a bad
8: I don't know. I thought he, he sort of got a bad luck. Like yeah. his defense lets him down or or yeah. the pitcher drops it or the or the ump loads the call. And he always ends up giving up a run. Like his fit has to be great because like he pit, usually he pitches great and then something bad happens that isn't his fault. And we all get on him, but it's not his fault because his team lets him down. Another story. Yeah. Uh
3: but the defense this time around this game was uh, Pretty impressive. Were there gaffes? I mean, other than the fact that that stolen base could have been um, taken backwards by, was that Pena, I think. um, And I didn't see much uh, on either side. Not that there was maybe a lot of opportunity to try to exploit uh, the new rules. uh, But I don't know. Defensively, it seemed like everything was pretty solid. Roman Gonzalez, solid in right field. Luis Robert didn't have to uh, contend with Tal's Hill.
1: And Yaz, Yaz back there, like, all over, like, blocking like a hockey goalie. I thought, I mean, I thought he looked pretty limber back there doing, you know, blocking a few things here and there. So I'll give it to him.
6: I will say ESPN, like, wasn't impressed with their broadcast, but they were very complimentary of Yaz behind the plate. Um, But when your pitching strikes out 13 of 27 outs, it's pretty easy to... Coast defensively. So I think Yo yo had some nice picks at third. I will mm-hmm. say he had some nice scoops there. So that was nice. To good, yeah. um And Romy had two, f- like a line out and a fly out, I think, which was good. So overall, Here, I, I
3: here's a good vibe for you, Jackie. I thought the Roger Clemens broadcast was going to be horrifying. And I was found myself not terribly enough. He didn't seem to make too many gaps. I won't say he was good. He didn't. There are way worse broadcasts, and I know he wasn't really carrying any heavy load at all, but thought there were going to be a lot more homerism, a lot more back in the old days when we gobbled PEDs, and I plunged my arm into the the barrel of rice to get strong. Uh, I thought we'd hear a lot more about them. Sort of didn't, so there's yeah, a good he was, vibe for you, Jackie.
4: He was really blandly banal. He kept saying yeah. stuff like, well, you got to stay with your best pitch. And it's, I, I, mean, <laughs> that's boring, but I
2: love this game. I was yeah. really <laughs> impressed by Dylan. He was basically doing he was basically doing the Magic Johnson Twitter thing, but on a <laughs> broadcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> ah, Magic,
8: <laughs> everybody's Empty best friend. Bites just to just to let people know he's present.
3: Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, this is a good enough time um, uh, where a host would say, "Let's take a break." Okay, let's take a break. We'll be back in a minute. We're talking more. We're The good vibes are going to increase. They're not going to decrease. And Jackie Crystal will lead us there. That's what she's here for. Middle square, at least on my screen. And she's going to basically take over the second half of this podcast when we come back to it. Learn more at Marines.com. White Sox fans, the White Sox won 3-2. to Seemed like it might be an extra inning game. Seemed like it might be a quick ending once the Astros went up one zip. And in previous seasons, like, I don't know, last season, the White Sox might just roll up and blow away. They did not. They fought back. I believe my headline involved ruthless inefficiency. That is a little bit of what was going on here because, boy, they were not inefficient. It sounds negative, Jackie. But listen, they prevailed. They beat the world champions. They made them cry into their ring boxes. And let's just go and punch him right back in the mouth, uh, t- tomorrow as well. But we're not ending this podcast. What are you talking about, Brett? Let's talk more about good things about this game. I guess it's, it's, maybe it's Dylan C's time. Uh, he sucker punched us a little bit with a bit of a languid spring. He ended on a real strong note. So this wasn't completely bizarre to anticipate, uh, an opening night start like this, but oh, this was better than any of us could have expected. This is as good as I suppose he's ever been. Uh, Impressions of Dylan. I know it's going to just be us gushing and losing our ability to speak English, but uh, throw some stuff at me.
5: I was just, he looks so bad in spring training, and I was really, really worried that that pitch clock was just going to completely screw him up. But, oh, my goodness, he was on, like, a God level tonight.
3: Malachi, let me jump in and hit you with this because I know among probably many of you, but you, you definitely pay a lot of attention. You've written great analysis on, on pitching for us. One thing that was brought out, I think by Clemens, my God, what is wrong with me? I'm really giddy after this win, uh, about he's calling his pitches. He's calling them immediately. He knows what he's doing. Is this something that we've seen from Dylan in the past? Did Tony have such a heavy hand that, you know, they had to look to the dugout and spend 10 minutes looking and seeing what the pitch call was after he woke up? Or is this something that Dylan has been doing? Cause this could really be a key to the change in a way to sort of get on top of that pitch clock.
9: Yeah. What I was going to say anyway, that I thought was really pleasantly surprising that we had kind of talked about during the spring and that we had seen him struggle with during the spring was the pitch clock. And he looked like he was possessed by the ghost of Mark Burley for a little while there. I mean, he was really just catch throw catch throw. You know, Clemens every third pitcher. So Clemens would remind us that he was in fact calling his own pitches. But there was a ton of there was a ton of intent behind everything. He would catch the ball, he would set up, and he would pitch. It was like a completely different pitcher than than the Dylan Cease we've really gotten to know over the past three years, and even that we saw at times during the spring. So the fact that he was able to just kind of bust that out and just really move things along like that and. Um, you know, attack his spots with confidence. He threw first pitch strikes to like 16 out of 18 or 16 of the first 18 hitters or something like that. I mean, when have we ever, even, you know, at his peak last year, he wasn't doing stuff like that. He was not getting ahead and pitching with that kind of confidence. So it's really, it's really something to see. And it's really impressive. I mean, screw Mm -hmm. me and my, he might be a three starter analysis.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Forget everything I I said. You're not really very good at this pitching analysis. I mean, (laughs) Before so last year I was guilty
8: of calling CISA 3. So, you know, uh, his emergence was pretty spectacular last year. I know that this year pitchers are, are able to call on the pitch com from the gloves. They're like a lot of pitchers are calling their own game and that's something that's new this year that MLB has approved. So may, maybe that was something he was working on in the spring. I, I didn't notice it, but he mm-hmm. like, he was he was catching and throwing like this is this is hands down the best I've ever ever seen him and I like like I said yesterday the I was super concerned about how he looked I was worried about the rosin bag because he always liked to go to the rosin bag after every batter um and or and or like how the pitch clock would have, would affect him but he he was unfazed he was unbothered he was in a rhythm like burley esque. If you will, mm-hmm. uh, never seen anything quite like that from him. And again, if this if this is Dylan Cease, we're going places. Yeah. So, so
7: what I'd like to bring up about Cease's start, like, yeah, everything was great, everything was sexy. Can we talk about the velocity? The velocity okay, was yeah, sure. up. He was hitting 98 consistently, and that's something we haven't seen from him, especially in spring. So, um, if he could, I, I hope that it wasn't just like kind of first day adrenaline, although it's okay if it was, but um, I would love to see that continue.
3: We had Hunter Green hitting like 105 purportedly. Raylo, I think this is close to the, uh, certainly the first time he's strung together hundreds, I think. Uh, you got Dylan hitting it like that. I mean, I know this is not like, oh, a hot gun all across baseball, but there does seem to be weird. Tra- I mean, maybe that is opening day adrenaline uh, for all of these players. I don't know, but you're, you're right, Jackie. It's really nice to see. And to, and, uh, um, uh, uh Maliki's point, and I guess all the points we're making here is, I mean, he, you know how efficient he was because he was at what, like sixty-eight pitches. He was—he already, I think, had his ten strikeouts. I mean, just the math there tells you he's not throwing many balls. He's not—he's th- not letting guys spoil many pitches. I mean, He's basically just strike, 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 and I mean that's perfection. Yeah, I,
8: I was—I was texting, and I think it was sixty-three pitches with eight Ks. So like sixty-three pitches on with with eight strikeouts—that is some hella efficiency.
6: Yeah, and I think the other thing too, like. With the pitch clock, the big concern for below pitchers has been, like, they're getting gassed between pitches because they don't have as much time to recover. So, like Jackie said and like Brett said, like, I don't know if that's opening day adrenaline, but the fact that that was a concern in the spring and we were kind of seeing that, you know, with Kopech only hitting, like, 94, those types of things, like, maybe the spring did allow them to adjust. I don't know. But the other thing, too, with Cease is, like, control has always been an issue and so the fact that he's he just like some of those corners he was painting on those looking strikeouts were just immaculate like you cannot hit a corner like that any better than how he was hitting tonight and so the fact that like precision was there for him was just like I feel like just adds another layer to his pitch arsenal um, the other thing too, is Pedro Graffal got interviewed, I think in like the third or the fourth inning. And he was talking about how Cease had three pitches going. Um, and so that was nice to see, like, I, I saw him working in his curveball in addition to his fastball and his slider. So it was nice to see him have like all three of those pitches working in the strike zone.
8: Yeah. Len Casper said like in the fifth or sixth that he hadn't shown his changeup at all. Like I hadn't noticed that, but he had, he was working with three pitches for most of that game that's that's damn impressive
1: and well and his knuckle curve because i was doing the six pack and his knuckle curve was the one that actually had the highest whiff rate which is which isn't typical for him because usually it's the slider so i mean he was he was he was just he was just magical
3: and melissa inadvertently teasing tomorrow's next day column from um, uh, for maliki uh talking about dylan ceases ball. Oh, look at this harmony. The Bradys are together. They're together for good. We're going to never lose again. Uh only 9 strikeouts from the offense. And th- don't worry, this is not bad vibes, Jackie. So, hold on. Uh that actually is sort of a success. Uh given given the way the offense was playing, they did get traffic on the bases even though they weren't converting on that traffic. 9 Ks almost seems like a win now. I think it was one walk. Not a great ratio, of course, but 9 Ks with against Valdez against that bullpen on opening night. Uh, I'm going to call that maybe success, plus the contact, much more so than Houston. I think we've just talked about the reason why they weren't getting the hard contact. But I mean, it wasn't only Dylan Cease in this game. Uh, the, the huge majority of hard contact in this game came from the White Sox, even on loud outs. Um, those are exciting things about the offense, even though, again, the efficiency, you really wish you could have uh, broke through at least in one of those bases loaded situations, got the win. And maybe that's in store for tomorrow. If they can keep this exit velocity going, now you're going to start converting, uh, some balls into the gap, uh, starting to put Houston on their heels as they feel the pressure of this hungry, hungry White Sox team that knows the Brady grids behind them. And, you know, a few things fall and this series could really turn to what Dante wished upon a star a few podcasts ago. And that was, Hey, I'll be really excited if the White Sox win this series. And hey, we're one game closer to that, Dante. <laughs> um, uh, what else we got? Okay, listen, uh, I blew it uh, for the pregame podcast, so I won't do it for the post. Uh didn't even get really take on opening night from all of you. Um, so how about we adjust this to the game thread poll? which I did ask our readers how they thought this series is going to play out my vote. And I'll stick with it, even though I want to change because I'm full of the good vibes now and a win under our belt. Uh, I said, they just, they go one in three. I did think they'd win tonight, but I do think they'd lose the next three. I would revise that now, but I'll stick with it. Um, so go around and talk about how we think this is going to play out. Uh, it seems like a split is way more uh, uh, possible. Maliki, how do you think this is going to play out the rest of the way?
9: I mean <clears throat> if uh if <clears throat> Lance Lynn or Lucas Gilito are in mid season form, then we could very easily see them steal one of them and come out with the series win. Um I probably wouldn't have guessed before the series that you would get like peak form out of uh you know two of the three between C S Lynn and Gilito, but I'm not feeling as uh confident in my feeling there as I was a day ago. Sure. So, you know, it's uh it's feasible.
3: Yeah, now we're fifty-fifty. Our odds improved. We got one in the bag now. So now it's just like, hey, all right, whoever uh, Ryan, what's 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 the thought going forward? Uh, uh, you know, I you?
8: didn't vote in the poll. I'm I'm a bad person. Um, but <laughs> after this start, um, if if the offense can excise some of the ghosts of Medicino that we saw tonight, <laughs> if we can if we can actually get some hits, a split a splits easily. Like a split, a, between Lynn and Giolito. A split's doable. I don't think a sweep is possible, but even three, like depending on what we get out of our our next two starters, you know, three out of four isn't bad. And I would walk away like you take three out of four from, from the Astros opening weekend. uh, Yeah. That's, that's a pretty big positive.
3: Yes. And we're going to have 400 people on the pregame podcast for the homeowner because the whole site's going to be on fire and everyone's want to have something to say about this White Sox team that they never gave up faith on. Uh, Melissa, what's going to be the rest of the way?
1: Um, I think I think we're going to walk away at the split, and I'm going to be thrilled with that. I think Geo sat there and watched what Dylan did tonight and is all fired up, and I think he's going to come out, and he's going to be all on it. I think he's going to do awesome. But the Astros feast on Lance, and so I think even if Lance you know, is going to oh, have a good true. season, unfortunately, the Astros see Lance Lynn, and they're like, what. <laughs> um, and so, and then I think Kopech is still, I think he's still got some work to do. So I can see the, the champs taking, taking him down. So I, I think two and two is what we're going to get.
8: But well, Kopech gets the
3: home open. Yeah, Kopech thankfully we're, we're not going to we, we are going to spoil Redacted out there for game four. So yeah, what are we talking about? A sweep. Oh. Ain't happening. <laughs> Ain't happening. Oh, oh. God! Why did I fast forward and ask about the entire series? Couldn't we just make this a three-game series? Hey, Jackie, let's pretend this is a third game, three-game series. How's it going to go for the White Sox?
7: Um. So in the poll, I I won't lie. I did say that we would only win one. Um. But after tonight, I'm feeling good. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Maybe we can come away with a split, and I would be I would be thrilled with that. Man the Astros are very hard to beat. They are a very good team as much as we much as we may hate them. They are a very good team and they don't stop. They are relentless. Um so if we come away with a split I will be happy. Um but I still think it's going to be 1 and 3. Sorry. Bye.
3: They're mortals and we're in their heads now. We got we got a chance although the more you think about it, with with Lynn's history in Houston and redacted um yeah, it's do or nothing so come on Lucas. Uh, Dante, how do you think it's going to um how is going to wrangle out? Uh, do you think there's a chance you're going to get your four or your three that you're hoping for in the earlier podcast?
2: So the thing is I don't think we're going to get four because again, like Melissa, I forgot that um SP5 <laughs> is being SP4 <laughs> this time. So that's not happening, but I definitely can see a split because I don't know about Lance tomorrow, but I have faith in my boy Gio. So hopefully Gio could pump out six strong like Dylan did tonight and we give at least a split. The Astros are great. So, you know, this happens to them. It really should be a four-game, I mean, a three-game series, so because I don't want to yeah. see that man. Yeah.
3: That's going to be fun coverage. Oh, boy, can't wait. Can't wait to finally do it in the regular season. What coverage? Uh, but yeah, nice. Thank you, Dante. Off the
8: hook. I'm
3: Excellent. Uh, Allie, how do you think it's going to play out?
6: I know that Lynn doesn't have great history, but like, I really have faith in Lance Lynn. I'm really excited about how he looked in the world baseball classic. And he had like a not great last spring outing and was directly quoted saying like, we just went from very exciting to very dull. So I think, Mm. Just given the new environment, like the team is going to be buzzing. They came out, they won in in a very exciting fashion. So, I'm going to optimistically say I I think we can leave Texas with three or four.
3: Mm-hmm. Those and you know they got the goofy fans wearing like the space helmets and stuff. It's got like a it's got a you know a, a uniquely Texan World Baseball Classic vibe. So yeah, maybe and you know they're going to be loud. Yeah.
8: Because no, if,
3: God knows they can't open the roof, so it's going to be loud, so
0: yeah. Yeah,
6: and Presley Presley was definitely, like, shaking his arm off. Like, he's not 100%. They're, they don't have Lance McCullers Jr., Altuve's out. Like, I think there's some key pieces they're missing that could allow us to slip in with three, so. I mean,
3: let's talk about good vibes. We punched their closer in the mouth. He decided to get cute and, like, waste a couple pitches, and they left some cheese right there. for Not, not that it was easy. For Vaughn to slap, uh, slap to the wall, for goodness sake. That was a closer. All right. I'm with Why you, Why did Jackie. he throw
7: him a fastball? Why did he throw him a and fastball? And where he threw it. I know he
3: didn't want to throw it there, but where he threw it. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, uh, Crystal, can you keep the good vibes going?
5: I can because I have faith in my big bastard. <laughs> um, I Indianapolis have field office. I have faith in Lucas. And so I'm going to go three of four, and they are going to tee off. On that fourth pitcher redacted. I okay. just I do. I'm cheering for them to tee off on him. But yeah, three or four.
3: By that time they got three, they're just, the plane is turned on for the for first pitch. It's Thunder. like, okay, let's just get home, forget it.
2: Maybe it he'll, just he'll miss the three. plane. Do just the first, they <laughs> take the first three. Said, bro, <laughs> just do a classic Tony LaRoussa and waste a Sunday game for that guy because <sighs> like bring Lueri Garcia back. Bring back all like <laughs> Adam LaRoche, bring all of those people <laughs> oh, back. <geez>. <laughs> bring, <laughs> hey, screw it. Bring Drake LaRoche too.
3: That's going to take some very, Thank very God. creative use of the sixty-day IL.
8: Captain's attitude. Back.
3: Yeah, uh, Brian, uh, let's bring it back to you. Um,
4: uh, I think mean, Crystal summed up what I was thinking. Lance is going to come out tomorrow, snorting, snarling, and he's going to be all he's going to be all intense. And I think Lucas is going to surprise us, and then. Uh, I don't actually want SP4 to miss the plane. I want him to be maybe like too close to the engine when it turns yeah. on. I think it's even better. Um, I don't want the plane to miss him, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I think that's uh, that's the best outcome. I think we're going to win three or four. I think they're Trust
3: excited. me, part of my good vibe was did involve some bodily harm there. But that just it after a win, it just doesn't seem so couth. And Lord knows, if anything... Sox Populi is, it is consummately cooth. So yes, we won't necessarily go there. But yes, I wouldn't necessarily be bothered if, you know, As long as no planes on the are tarmac. harmed
8: in the process, as long as no planes are harmed in the process and they can fly home just fine, <laughs> that about everybody will be okay. We have to care about those planes. One it's step back and, and two it's steps coming.
3: forward. Yeah, oh, it is coming. We can, we can rest easy that. It may not come with the White Sox, but it is coming for a jag bag like if that. They, all right, I, we, I think we, we got. To this oh. when sometimes
4: justice happens.
3: Yeah, yeah. believe it or not, Maybe even so. in this world. Hey, speaking of that, what an opening day. Again, I think I had said they could lose by 10,000 runs and it would be a good opening day. Don't necessarily need to delve more into that, but it's just been a good day. And he made even better. Cherry on the top, a White Sox comeback victory in Houston. Uh All right quick we don't need to get into this too much because it sort of brings the vibe down a little bit but uh seeing jose everybody had their reactions and usually involves some sort of tears um or, or or crying inside uh it was just sort of a bummer to see it it's like you don't want him to not be happy but it really sort of sucks to see him running the, the handshake line for the opening introductions and see him looking just like he did with the white socks except oh he's wearing a very different uniform now
5: Okay, but I saw uh, a hilarious tweet um, about that Andrew Vaughn trying to catch the ball and failing, and it was like, do you know who would catch that? Jose Abreu. And I, yeah, I, I saw that laughed.
2: one too. I saw that one too. I was like, you're not wrong. But like, I wish you were. But for the but record, also, since like the
1: Jose ball. booted it, Jose he, yeah. he did yeah. the Bill Buckner. Yeah, so did yeah. They said that. <laughs>
6: No double was through Jose's legs. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I wish him the best. I, the, the best way I can put it is like, clearly he wasn't happy in his relationship. And so he ended it and sought something else out. And like, I wish him the best and I hope that he is successful in Houston. I hope that we are successful against him when we play Houston, but um he's on my fantasy baseball team. So I, I hope for that sake, he does well, but you know, I, I, I was a little happy watching him strike out against Dylan and C. So I will just say mm-hmm.
3: that. Oh come on, you know
6: it's now, it's it's, it's us or
8: them. Right, I, I wasn't upset about that. Like his first AB hurt. That was painful. But after that, you know, he's an Astro, and mm-hmm. it it, mm-hmm. it hurts to talk about him being gone. But when we're playing Houston, sorry buddy, you're an Astro.
3: Don't worry, they'll retire the uniform in May, and we'll have good vibes about it. Don't worry, I'm still sticking mm-hmm. to it. I'm sticking to it. Me and Jordan, we're sticking to it. It's happening. Uh all right. Well, let's wind this up. We are doing another post game podcast. Oh, not tomorrow, although I don't know. We might be excited enough to just call a spontaneous one. We'll definitely have one after the home opener. That's Monday, so that's when we'll be next with you on a post game podcast. But we got more stuff coming. We got Crystal doing visiting dugout. We got the farm report. Uh a string of four come with me and uh, uh Darren Black. Anyone else who wants to join us about the farm system? And of course we got a pre game podcast coming up for uh home opener when we Celebrate the White Sox at 4-0 or 3-1 on top of the AL Central and never looking back again. Pedro Grafal, manager of the year and also classmate of Eduardo Perez. Oh, we get to hear a lot more I'm about defeated. that. I'm looking forward to all the cutting room floor footage from the back of that car. It's going to be great. Thank you. All eight completing the Brady Square for us. We are 1-0. Let's just keep rolling with it. We'll be talking with you sooner than you are ready for us.